John chapter 3. Jesus has come forth and performed two miracles. And I'm sure the word spread. They didn't have internet nor telephone or TV, but I'm sure people were talking about it. He turned the water into wine at the wedding. He healed the man that had been lame for 38 years. Not only did he heal him, but he restored him to complete strength because he took up his bed and walked out. And remember the people got angry because Jesus healed on the Sabbath? You would think they would be so happy that that man could walk and even carry his bed, but they didn't care. And now we come to chapter 3, probably one of the most familiar chapters in all of the Bible. It's the story of Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he was a ruler of the Jews. And I feel sure, I don't know, but I'm going to ask him if he's there. He heard about these miracles. I know he did because he said he came to Jesus by night. I've always found that interesting. There are two reasons given that he came at night. Number one is he couldn't wait for morning. Number two is he didn't want to be seen. I can identify with the second reason. Because when I went to my first Bible class, I didn't know anybody there and I was so happy. And I can't believe that I thought, I hope nobody tells anybody I was here. Isn't that amazing? I didn't want to be seen at a Bible class. That was in 1964. That's a long time ago. But I was totally embarrassed to be there. And now I know it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know it then. Nevertheless, Nicodemus came, and look what he said to Jesus. He said, Rabbi, that means an honorable father or respected man. So he respected him. He said, we know you're a teacher come from God because nobody could do the miracles that you do except God be with you. He respected Jesus, and he knew that he was some kind of special man. And I look back on my life, and I knew that. I never was an atheist or a deist or an agnostic. I always believed in God. But nobody ever told me the truth of the gospel. Not one time do I ever remember anybody confronting me with that until I went to that Bible class and there I heard for the first time. And then Jesus answered, and I, I think it's fun to look at his answers sometime because it's, it's not on the subject. He said, I know you must be from God. Now you would expect Jesus to say, yes, I'm, I was born, the Holy Spirit was Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit. But no, Jesus said something very important. The most important thing that any man ever hears, he said, verily, verily. Now, you know, when you see those two words together, Jesus is saying, listen up, everybody. This is super important. He said, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot 
see the kingdom of God. Man, you can't argue with that. Jesus said you have to be born again. Now, we've gone over that so many times. I don't want to be redundant, but to be born again means you get another life. You have your physical life you've received from your parents. You need another life to go to heaven. And that's the life of God given to us by the Holy Spirit through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. I love Nicodemus's answer because it makes him so human. I think if I'd been there, I would have had the same question. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? I remember when my husband read that, he told me the most important question is, how can this happen? And he was committed as he wrote material and taught Bible classes and led seminars. He was committed to never tell somebody what God said they should do without telling them how to do it. And I appreciate that because after that Bible class, I didn't know how to be born again. But I just prayed and asked God to give me an abundant life. And I believed that he could. And God led me to this very passage in the book of John. I didn't know another Bible uh, book in the Bible. I couldn't pronounce them. And I read this. And then Jesus answered in verse 5. Again, he uses the same two words. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Now let's stop and think about the fact that when when you carry a baby in your womb, the baby is surrounded by water to protect it. And that's what Jesus meant. You have to be born of water first so you can have a physical life. And then that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So the Holy Spirit has to give you the second birth. And then in verse 7, he says, Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Are you shocked that I say that? The wind blows where it lists, and you hear the sound, but you cannot see it. You don't know where it comes from, and you don't know where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You see, just as he changed the water into wine, nobody saw it. Just as he healed them, lame man at the pool, nobody saw it. When you are born again, you don't see it. You don't know where it comes from, and you don't know where it's going, but you feel it. 
And then in verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said, How can this thing be? There it is again, you see. That's where Sam got so convicted. How can I do it? And then he said, Are you a master of Israel and you don't know these things? Jesus answered him, You are a Pharisee. You're a leader of the Jews. And you don't know what I'm talking about. And then for the third time, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, We speak what we know and testify what we've seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And then he reminded him of a story that surely this man was familiar with, being a Pharisee and a leader of the Jews. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Remember that story? The children of Israel are are walking in the desert, and suddenly the floor of the desert is covered in snakes, poisonous snakes. And God told Moses to do a silly thing He said, put a serpent on a pole and lift it up. And then as Moses lifted up the serpent, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The people in the desert that looked at the serpent lived. Now, had I been one of those people, I wonder, would I have looked at the serpent I would have been afraid I would step on a snake. So I think I would have looked at the ground. And we look at the ground. We look at the world around us. And God says, lift up your eyes and look at me. And you will not perish. And then verse 16, which is certainly the most familiar verse. Everybody knows this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What does he say is the requirement that we believe? We believe in him, the man who was God, who lived on this earth and was lifted up on the cross, And verse 17 is so exciting. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Oh, if we could only realize that God never condemns us. He provided for us. We are condemned because we have failed to believe him. And verse 19 explains the condemnation. This is the condemnation, 
that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. That's a real important verse. When you share the truth with people that are walking in darkness, they don't want to hear it. I remember Henry Brandt said, you have to realize if you're in the dark and someone shines a light in your face, what do you do? You quickly close your eyes and turn away. And Henry said, just remember, people in darkness have to get adjusted to the light. And don't feel bad when they quickly turn away. Give them some time to think about it. And I love that. Because people that, that shy away from truth are living in darkness. And God doesn't condemn them, and we should never condemn them ourselves. We should pray for them and love them and give them time. And verse 20, everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Oh, my goodness. I remember reading that verse, and I know some people that were very angry that Sam and I had turned to the Bible and gone to Bible class. And when I read that verse, I suddenly realized they must be doing something wrong. Or why would they get upset because of how I've chosen to live my life? And let's read it again. Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest their deeds should be reproved. And our favorite word, but, he that doeth truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. What a lesson. You have to be born again. If your deeds are evil and the light of the truth is shown in your face, you will flinch and turn away. But let's learn to be patient with these people, to realize their problem according to God's word in John and pray for them. God bless you. And thank you for listening.